We have our intro music for Rob Reichel. I always lean that Led Zeppelin. This song is called Trampled Underfoot. And my God, did the Packers get absolutely trampled under the foot of first the Lions and then the Raiders. Jesus. Robbie, what's up, brother? How you doing, buddy? Rob, despite everything, on cloud nine. Feeling good. Rowdy, how you doing? I'm always living the dream, Rob. Yourself? Rowdy is Rowdy is always living the dream, and and you guys are right. Trample underfoot describes probably Monday night. It describes really probably the last three four weeks of, of what we've seen from from the Packers since the opener against at least you know other than the one quarter against New Orleans, right? It's, since the end of the Atlanta game, it, it, it has not been pretty. So so uh, even the lyrics, even the lyrics that Robert Plant sings, he said, I mean the song title Trample Underfoot, and he's about love. Talking about love. Jordan Love definitely been getting trampled underfoot, too, because that line stinks. Well, it's injured. Rob, before we get into all that, though, Forbes.com, Conley Media, you were texting me last night, and I was like, I would love nothing more than for you to pump this up. Robbie? Golf? But what kind of golf? Or tennis, one of them. Why do I keep saying golf? Uh Tennis, sorry. (laughs) Tennis. But what kind of Tennis. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I just I, I heard a rumor that the next Steffi Graf and Monica Sellis might have descended upon your fine town, you know, for uh, for this for this thing we call the individual or the the, the state tennis tournament, which is going to happen the next three days at Nielsen, and uh, allegedly one of those young ladies lives in my house, so it should be a it, it, it should be a, a, a rocking time down at Nielsen. Um, my 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 wonderful, lovely oldest daughter. And her incredible partner, a girl named Nicole Moore, and my daughter's name is Madison, will be playing at Nielsen today at at three thirty in a in a in an epic doubles match to kick off this uh, fine tournament Evo. So tennis, um, tennis, yes, sir. <laughs> so the so the uh, you know the 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 entire Hamilton community go to school is has been hyping this up for three or four days. The, a number of her teammates have have, have uh, descended again on 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 the beautiful city of Madison. She she has an incredibly wonderful coach named named Alan Schneider, who probably could be you know working with you know Noah Jokovic or somebody like that oh. if, if 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 he wasn't uh, legend if he if, if if he wasn't spending time with the youth of today. So no, very exciting times in in my house and inside the tennis program where. Where she goes to school, and and, they, and again they will they will play at Nielsen today at three thirty to start the state tennis tournament. Rob, uh, excited for you, proud Papa. We're, we're rooting for you and your daughter. Can't wait, Robbie. Congratulations, Rob, and to your daughter. And I'm sure you probably already told her if they lose, there's no ride home. <laughs> yeah, no, no ride home. You know, <laughs> after our you know 411 hours of film breakdown of the, of their opponents uh, coming up, guys, at at, at three thirty. You know, uh, the, the the hated duo they're going to take on from Whitefish Bay. If they, uh, if all that film work uh, doesn't pay off, then then yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to use their right thumbs to find a way home. <laughs> Speaking of uh, not getting a ride home, who should have been left in Las Vegas, Robbie? Uh, Floor, Joe Barry, uh, Jordan Love. Like who who should have been left in Las? Vegas? By the way, Packer fans are all over Matt Lafleur right now. He is enemy number one. Yeah, I, I mean the the list is long, right? You could you could add Tucker Craft, you could add three fifths of that offensive line, um, but I think it starts on the offensive side of the ball, without a doubt. You know, the one the one thing Matt Lafleur did say that was accurate and made a ton of sense was the defense did not lose them this football game. You keep people to seventeen points in that league, you should absolutely win the game, especially against the defense as mediocre to poor as as the Rams and. And you know it, 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 it's sad, guys. When when you when they when they run the ball like they did the other night, they average three point eight yards to carry. And at the end of the game, they say, "Boy, that was that was a great night on the ground. They made some progress." Right? They they can't get the run game going, and they they cried like heck to hammer away with AJ Dillon. The line just didn't get it done. You know, Dillon Dillon gets three yards, and 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 that and that that's it. He gets what's what's blocked for him. Doesn't break a whole lot of tackles. He, he's not the same guy. They came into the league in in 2020, and 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 the other night for him was actually a pretty productive night. I mean, 
It's amazing how much they desperately miss Aaron Jones right now. Um, but Matt LaFleur needs to come up with some moves in this buy that they have right now. I mean, they're in this weird stretch. They're only going to have one game in 23 days, so that was that was the other night against, against the Raiders. They had any buy, in essence, after Detroit. 10, 11 days there. They play the Raiders, and, and now they've got the better part of two weeks before you know they 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 come back and and, and play a week game. So Lafleur's got to come up with something. The way this offense has started, uh, six points in the first half of the last three games, six points total, guys. That's two points per game. Uh, you're not going to win any football games that way. Jordan Love, I, you know, I don't know if you want to use the term regress. He yes. certainly has been. He's certainly has been poor the last three games. He got off to that terrific start. I think his his passer rating was about 118 after two games. It's plummeted now to 77, so that's fallen 40-plus points. You know, he, he was six touchdowns, no picks through two games. Now he's eight touchdowns and six picks. Um, you know, so that's two touchdowns and six interceptions in his last three games. He was not good. Uh, the other night against against Las Vegas, I think that's clear to everybody. But you want to know another guy that doesn't isn't, isn't taking quite enough heat, Evo, that probably could have been left in Las Vegas, and that's Christian Watson, um, who absolutely has to fight harder for that ball at the yeah. end of the game. Who has to find you know he's, we're told he has four point two eight speed in the forty, and, and he can't outrun an old man and meters on his way to the end zone. Um, you know he lets the defensive back absolutely bully him to win fifty ball. Uh, at the end of regulation, and it, at worst, he's got to he's got to take the offensive pass interference penalty on that play, and, and let the Packers live to to see another day. And, and he doesn't do it. So, um, no, a lot of guys he could have left behind. Great question, Ebo, and a long winded answer to that. But uh, there's a big chunk of that team they could have left out there in Sin City. Rob, is this just? I mean, obviously injuries are a thing, and that line was, you know, been struggling. And Aaron Jones is basically your offense. Is is this what it's going to be all season? It, can it or can it get worse with the youth and the inexperience? Well, I mean, I guess it can always get worse, right? Evo, although they are they are twenty eighth in in total offense, which is dreadful. But you know, they are a respectable fourteenth in points. They're scoring about twenty three a game. That's not terrible. The total offense side of things does scare you a little bit because they can't run the ball. I think they're 28th in rushing offense. You know, um, you, you look around, the passing game has gotten any worse over the last three games. But, but here, here's what I would say, Ebo, and, and, and we talked about this on the show all through the course of the summer. Did anybody expect this team to come out and score 30 a game right away with, with rookies all over the field, right? With with, with him trying to, well, you know, with, with, Jordan, with Jordan Love trying to make it work with, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and, uh, you know, Jaden Reeky and Musgrave, a rookie, and Wicks, a rookie, and, you know, guys all over the place that had virtually no snaps in the league. You're talking about Christian Watson and Dubs being their most experienced guys at wide receiver, and, and they both came into the year with about 40 career catches. I mean, just, My, uh, just, just the, well, le- the least experienced passing group guys you will ever see. And, 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 and sorry to interrupt you there. Let me just no, quit finish. No, I'm interrupting you. No, we thought – or I certainly thought the first half of the season was going to be a struggle. And the second half, when these guys had four or 500 snaps under their belt, could start to look a lot better. And, and that's why, you know, I, I said from the get-go, th- th- this season is, is more about finding out who can play in the next year or two when they've got a chance to get really good and they get all this dead cap money off their books. I mean, don't forget, Aaron Rodgers has cost them $40 million this year alone in dead cap money. They're going to get that freed up next year. They're going to get Bakhtiari's money freed up. They're going to have a lot of money to go out and play with in, in free agency over the next year or two. And all they want to do is find out in, you know, in the course of this season, and I know, I know the fan base doesn't want to hear this because you get sucked into the micro, but they've got to keep in mind the macro here. All they're trying to find out this year is, is Christian Watson a one? Can Zach Tom be the anchor of the offensive line moving forward? Should they pay a guy like Darnell Savage to bring him back next year? Yada, 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 right? Those are the questions, you know, questions like that. It's trying to figure out if they win some games along the way, great. It's not a Super Bowl team. It might not even be a playoff team. They're trying to get some answers for, for 2024 and beyond. When, when these young guys grow up, they've got some money to go score free agents. And and they've got a chance, I think, in the next year or two to get really good. 
Well, Rob, the thing that I heard a lot coming into the season, I don't know if people were expecting, you know, those, a juggernaut of an offense, you know, almost you know, brushing 40 points a game, yada, 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 was I heard this. Finally, we'll see Matt LaFleur's offense ran properly. <laughs> Finally, we'll see Matt LaFleur be able to not, you know, have plays change at the line of scrimmage and see what his offense can actually do. Well, if this is Matt LaFleur's offense, Rob, then I'm hitting the panic button. It's, it's, it stinks. It's bad. Like, it's not good. Is this Matt LaFleur's offense? Well, and you know, I was one of the guys with the, with the megaphone screaming that message, Evo, that you will now see Matt LaFleur's offense because over the last four years that, he, that he's been paired with Rodgers, LaFleur that is, we just didn't know at the end of the day how many plays Rodgers was changing at the line of scrimmage. We knew the number was significant. We didn't know how much, whether it was a quarter, a third, half, 20%. None, none of us really knew deep down. Maybe what we're learning is that, that Aaron was right, that, that Aaron should have been a lot of those plays, that, it, that Aaron looked at that stuff coming in and, and, and that the things Matt was sending him and saying, believe this, I'm, I'm not running this. this. This has no chance to succeed. And obviously Jordan doesn't have the experience, probably doesn't have the knowledge of opposing defenses, the, you know, the, the, the depth of playing time that Aaron Rodgers had to ever change those at the line of scrimmage. So I, I think we've got to let this play out another 48 games, maybe Evo, but if we get to week 12 or 13 and this is still how it's looking, then yes, you have every right to press that panic button. I wouldn't press it yet after five games. I mean, they're, they're only about a third of the way into know. the season, but it, but it, but it is not looking good. Watch the last two games. Oof. The, the, the game plan the last two weeks has been absolutely dreadful. Their starts in the last three games have been, just beyond mind-boggling, right? To, to get two field goals total in the last six quarters of, of first half. The last three first halves, they have two field goals, and one of those was set up by a turnover that the defense forced in that, in that Lions game. So the offense has done really absolutely nothing. They're averaging like 2.5 yards of play in the first half of the last three games, Ebo. I mean, numbers numbers that are just you know beyond dreadful. So, no, you're, you're so spot Let me on. ask you something Joe, real quick, Robbie. Joe Barry, Evo, Joe Barry's been public enemy number one around these for a year or two now, and, and Matt LaFleur might be trumping him real soon. I, I think Rowdy has got a question, but before um, I do that, I just want to make sure I heard something correctly, and if you could repeat it for me. Did I, did I hear you say that Aaron Rodgers was right? I said he may have been right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I was like, my well, ears were burning a little bit. But, but Evo, we're trending that way to saying maybe Aaron who always believed he was the smartest man in the room. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, let, let he beat an astronaut on Jeopardy, Robbie. Let, let, let me, I, I'm, I'm not sure he wasn't given the answers before the show. Either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what I, what I, what I was, where I was going with that is maybe Rogers was the smartest guy in the room. And we're going to find, you know, okay. we're going to find that out here over the next uh, 12 games, maybe in, in maybe in the next season, but but the longer this plays out, Evo, I mean it, it, it is going to get fascinating. I don't think Matt Lafleur is in trouble in 2023. I, I you know I, I think he's pretty safe to come back in in 2024. But if they miss the playoffs this year, Evo, and it gets ugly, and he goes into next year with back to back seasons having missed the playoffs, and now and now we get to 20, you know, let's say let's say it really goes south on him, Evo, and they're five and 12, six and 11, something like that. We get into 2024, I can promise you right now, he will be one of the two or three coaches in the league that, that Vegas has as the leader hired in the 2024 season. So speaking of that that uh, offensive room there, Robbie, did A, did you see Kurt Benkirk's comments, and B, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Kurt Benkert talking about, you know, it seems to him like Matt LaFleur's offense is outdated. And now this is a guy that's been around Matt LaFleur. He's been in and around Kyle Shanahan and Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. I mean, if, if you watched San Francisco and Dallas on, on Sunday night and watched the way Kittle is running wide open all over the field, that way, the, the way Ayuk is running wide open everywhere, you know, Debo, et cetera. All those guys, McCaffrey, 
I mean, all Brock Purdy has to do is hit layups in, in that offense, right? I mean, the, those guys are running around the field in San Francisco with so much green. You think you're watching a, a Big 12 football game on a, on a Saturday afternoon, not a Sunday night against the top five defense. That's how good Kyle Shanahan is. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is, I, I mean, and, and again, it's probably unfair other than, you know, to put Andy Reid in that category, for example, to, to find anybody in the league that can scheme and get guys open the way the way Kyle Shanahan can. Um, the one thing I'll say, Nelly, with, with Bankert, and and for years at uh, one of the prior places I, I worked, once a week I had to call up a, an ex-packer, a, you know, an, an, a veteran, an old guy who was gone uh, from the organization for X amount of years, whatever it was. And that is always when a player is most honest, when, when they're gone from the organization, when they're gone from the building, that's when you get the great Lombardi stories. That's, that's when you find out what Holmgren was really like behind the scenes. That's when you find out, you know, for example, that Bart Starr was in over his head. You know, guys, guys are so honest after they're gone and they have nothing to lose, right? When their jobs aren't on the line and they're worried about being cut. So, so you take a guy like Benkert right now, who has absolutely nothing to lose by telling you the truth about Matt LaFleur. I didn't feel like that was sour grapes whatsoever, uh, Rowdy. I, I felt like that was Banker being completely honest. Um, and, you know, his, his talk about getting a lot of nonsense from LaFleur day in and day out in, in some of these OTAs and mini camps when Rogers was gone. Um, and they butted heads on a personality level. Now, now don't get me wrong. Kirk Banker was, you know, a fringe NFL player at best. If, if you're looking for a roster spot, that's a real easy place to start. But, you know, some of the stuff that he described with Matt LaFleur and the back stuff certainly doesn't make Matt look very good. And, and again, in, in, in a lot of those instances based on past history with athletes that are gone from the game, I tend to believe the athlete. And, um, you know, so so I think I think Kirk Bankert has a lot of street cred when it comes to those answers, uh, Rowdy. Uh, I was going to say, I think I kind of agree with you. I had one foot in, one foot out. One foot out. It's like what he's saying makes sense, but also – it's Kurt Benkert. He, like you said, that's an easy roster uh, spot to get rid of. Yeah, I mean, it is, but, you know. You're, you're in there, too. You know, you're there. But, yeah, he's in the room. He's in the meeting rooms. You know, he did lose Hackett. He lost Getsy along the way. You know, Hackett obviously goes to Denver. Getsy to, to the Bears. Those, those were his guys in the room. He butts heads with LaFleur. And, you know, it, it certainly it certainly does make sense. Does, does Kurt Benkert have any fault in that? Who knows? We're not in those meetings, right? We're not. We're not behind the scenes, and but I, you know, but I'll just say this: it didn't come like I said earlier. It, it didn't come across to me as sour grapes. It it just felt like a guy who wanted to tell the truth. All right, Rob. Uh, Rob Reichel, Forbes. dot com, Conley Media. I'm not going to ask you a prediction because it's a uh, bye week, so Packers can't lose, can't win either. Though I'll take it as a win, though. Has Lafleur really? Just super quick. Has Lafleur, if you know, won a game off a of bye week? Oh, I will look that up today. I don't That'd think he has. Great for me, for me to to go and write, yeah. All right, so uh, that, yeah. that, that that that's that's very possible. You know what the London trip did to him, you know, <laughs> last year that that really messed that really messed him up. Although the buy in there, you know that 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 trip right around this time of the year really did really did screw it. But yeah, in terms of the buy, I'll have to go look that up. Uh, sorry, Evo. No, you're good. I was just going to ask you one last question, Rob, off the beaten path, as we always like to do here at the end. Uh, so, Rob, I know you're a big Wisconsin basketball fan. Uh, Wisconsin basketball, a little different side of the story here. Uh, the women's team making some controversy. Uh, any any opinions from Rob Reichel here of uh, some comments from the head coach? Well, you know, I've always got opinions, Evo, right? That's I'm, why I ask. That's, you know, I get strong that's, ones. That's, that's one thing I'm not short on. Can, can, I, can I start by just saying bring back Jane Albright? I mean, this is what, what, we, what we heard from Marissa Mosley the other day at, at, at Media Day, guys. I mean, if, if Greg Gard had made those comments, um, you know, about a run-of-the-mill African-American player. I, I don't think Greg Gard would be in his chair right now. I don't think he'd be in his seat. And and it's been crickets as far as I know. Maybe you guys know something different. I don't know. But, it's been, crickets, but it's been crickets from, you know, Chris Chris McIntosh's offense, uh, office. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know where the, you know, where, where Jennifer Manukin is on, the, on this whole thing. I haven't heard a word there. But, you know, the bottom line, and you guys know this as well as anybody, you know, reverse discrimination is, is every bit as bad and hurtful and ridiculous as discrimination in the first place. And what, you know, what mostly came out and said at, at media days about run-of-the-mill white kids, that, boy, guys, think, think what Caitlin Clark is going to do. Is Caitlin Clark a run-of-the-mill white kid? And what, what is she going to do when she comes to the culture? She, she's going to light these guys up for about 50. So, I, you know, on, on top of us finding out 
how Marissa Mosley really feels about about white players. Um, you know, she's 19 and 40, I think, in her in her two seasons there. She's been 11th in, in the Big Ten, I think, both of her years. Her, her record is god awful, and and now we get this on top of things. I mean, it's, it's, is it any wonder that 500 people a night go to their games? Um, it's, uh, it's 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 a bad product, and, and to me at least, it looks like it's it's not being run by the best person on the planet. Rob, you said you're opinionated. Indeed you are, my man. I was. I would say this, Rob. It wouldn't be surprising if Clark dropped 50 because she probably drops 50 on them anyways because they're just not good. There's that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not good, but, you know, from a, you know, if, if this is the only PR you're going to get for your program, this is about the worst PR possible that you can get. And, and, and I, I, I would just like to hear something from the athletic director because, like I said at the start, if this was Greg Gard and the situation was flipped, you know, you know, you know, this would be page one news and, you know, and, and, and leading, leading the newscast on channel three for the next three or four days. Robbie, I love talking with you, dude. I could do it every day. Alas, we'll do it th- Thursdays, 820. You the man, Robbie. We love you. All right. Go Sussex, Hamilton, tennis. Oh, hey, yeah, that not golf, but tennis. And Robbie, Diamondbacks, are you getting on the train? If you was in the playoffs 100% of the time, you go to the World Series. You on the train for the Diamondbacks? How can you not be? The Brewers, uh, right? That, 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 that's the Brewers' greatest gift to Major League Baseball. Is they, set some, they put it on the tee for somebody else. Rob, you the man. How about this? I saw this uh, pop up on my timeline. When it comes to what we saw for Monday Night Football, Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers, and then you have um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the, the Las Vegas Raiders. It was the most watched Monday night football game. Did I see that correctly? As the green, like, imagine tuning into that's that. Pretty, that's a pretty ugly game to tune into. Imagine tuning into that. And you're like, you know what? This is for me. This, this, this is it. This is the one. We see a steep drop off for next month. <laughs> it's like, and then did you watch Thursday? All of the, you know, the lions and the green Bay Packers. And then you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to do it again. I'll watch the Packers again. And then and everyone tuned in for that. And you're like, Oh, my sweet Lord. They stink. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of eyes on the TV, uh, for our green Bay Packers to just pull uh, an egg like that. I, I still have not recovered from that game yet. Like it's just, it's just shockingly. Which one bad. Detroit or, or Vegas, the, the, the Raiders game, like the lions are just good. They're a good, they're good right now. They're a good team. The Raiders are not. Like, leading into that game, Rowdy, we were talking about how it's like they're like, you know, the Packers seem like they are trending up and the Raiders trending down. Well, after that game against, you know, you've coupled that then with the Lions, you're like, what the F did I just watch? It was terrible. Have you recovered from it yet? I'm still thinking about the Thursday night in Detroit. <laughs> it feels like the same game. Just molded into one. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think the offense, the identity of the offense is right now for the Green Bay Packers? Hope Aaron Jones comes back. Like just, you're just hoping and praying that something well, happens. The offensive line has been so bad. It's like it's hard to scream and yell at AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones if they have Aaron Jones has been hurt, but it, he was playing and they still weren't able to run the football when the offensive line has been as bad as now. I get why we can yell and scream at AJ Dillon a couple of games ago when he trips over his own. Mm-hmm. Like that's inexcusable, but. The offensive line has progressively also gotten worse, the same as Jordan Love. Maybe it coincides. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. Because again, like Rob Reichel said when we interviewed him there, you think about that that play where Love gets intercepted in the end zone to basically end the game. Well, Christian Watson is fast as hell. He did have a step if the ball was able to be thrown on time. Mm-hmm. Now, was that Jordan Love being a young, inexperienced quarterback, not getting the ball out? Maybe. Could it also be because Max Crosby was once again impacting a drop back because they couldn't block the man? Shocking. Where he had to pull it down, get out of the way, then chuck it. Obviously, that makes it a little late. So those type of plays, it's like the line is so bad it's putting him off rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity where it could have been completed. It's not being completed because he just doesn't have the time or the protection. Now there are other throws that, you know, you can't blame the line. Some of those shorter or intermediate 
passes that are more quick passes and he just completely misses. Oh, that's clearly on Jordan Love. It's or been he, a collection of everyone just being bad. Or he puts one in there perfectly and Musgraves drops it or Reed drops it or Wicks drops it or name anyone. They've had drops. Like we said, they were, uh, you know, top 12 in the league with drops going into uh, this upcoming week. So yeah. it's just been a combination, but I think it starts and ends with the offensive line. Just because if you have time and you have blocking, it makes everything else easier. Yeah. So the identity of the offense, Matt LaFleur was asked that. I'm not going to play the whole clip because it's a very long clip. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur here. And what what is actually the offensive identity? And are they close to finding theirs? Here's the floor. I think that there are are certain areas where, yeah, you want to be able to hang your hat on something, right? And have, whether it's go-to and or plays that you can go to in tough times that you know that you got a pretty good chance to have success with. I always look at identity more of your style of play. And are you doing all the little things? Are you straining? Are you making the extra blocks? Are you pushing piles? Are you finishing forward on runs? Um, you know, scheme is scheme to me. And as long as you have a marriage between your run game and your pass game and formationally that you have plays that, that at least come off the same looks, that is all part of that. And um, I think that's something that we always work hard to do. Um, Unfortunately, I think everything kind of gets magnified when you're not having success. Just gonna pause it right there. How would you describe them as a team then? If 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 it's the way they play, poor. I would say from what he was describing, like with you know no how, game. how you're playing and how aggressive you are and this and that. You're not aggressive. There's you no seem like game. a pretty finesse team. Yeah, because you, you can't you can't stop the run. You can't run the football. And you aren't pass blocking well as of late. You sound like a pretty finesse, soft team. Yeah, soft, finesse. You're just like poor. Think about when you think of a, a tough team. Let's go with San Francisco. Dude, they're they talking. St- they stop the run. They can run the football. And obviously, they can pass protect. Let's look at the Lions. Another tough team. Great front seven can get after the passer. They stop the run. Mm. They also can run the football and pass block really well. There's a there was a segment on yesterday. I forget if it was ESPN or NFL Network. It was, is Brock Purdy now a superstar? Is Brock Purdy now a superstar? And they cut to all these you know clips. Purdy's got all the time in the world in that pocket, and his dude, Rob Reichel talked about it half an hour ago. His dudes that he's throwing the ball to are just running wide and free, like we're just wide open. And well, Brock Purdy's just dunking it right to him. Is it's Brock Purdy like a superstar? The, it's kind of like the Tom Brady. I don't want to compare him to Tom Brady in that aspect is like, he's that good. But remember early Tom Brady, it's not like Tom Brady wowed people like Tom Brady was good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he made all these plays or he was a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers where he had this bet, this incredible arm that just blew people away. He made smart plays. He made all the plays on time. He got the football to the person that needed to get the ball. He was surrounded by a good defense and a really good NFL head coach. Like he had some pieces. He always had a run game. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing with Purdy, where he has a run game. Like Elijah Mitchell is the backup. He's probably a starter on like half the teams in the NFL. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey. This is a guy that's been He's a monster. In, yeah, it's this is a guy that for uh, for running back has been in MVP talks. Now it's distant, but for a running back, right? Mm-hmm. He's a stud. He's always one of your top fantasy picks for a reason. Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, who can be used as a receiver and a running back. Yeah. Like there's he he has arguably more talent than Brady did. So that makes it even easier for him. He just has to get the ball to him. Now, could we look in 15 years if if the 49ers are able to keep kind of this core and, and maybe he grows into another core and, and he grows up with this core where all he has to do is get the football there on time, but then he really 
grows as a legitimate player and star with the next core when he's the old guy and he's teaching them the young thing. That's kind of like what Brady did. Yeah. And then you saw Brady in the, I guess, do we, can we even consider it the middle of his career in like 07? That's early. That's yeah. early. But you saw him like at the beginning stages, like the Ram Super Bowl. Where he looked like a Brock Purdy. Yeah. But then you saw him starting to really get surrounded by talent and take off with the Randy Moss years. Like those teams were nasty talented. And then it was like, well, he's so good. He knows exactly what the coverages are. He knows exactly what his reads need to be, where his guys are going to be. He's so close with his receivers. It's like the Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers mystery, but it's Julian Edelman at the end yeah. of his career. Yeah. It's Gronkowski. And it helps when Gronkowski is arguably one of the better tight ends to ever play. That, but, that definitely helps. But he feels like he has the type of of Brady to him. Where I'm not comparing him to Brady because man, that's no. But there's there's similarities. He there's doesn't have parallels. the greatest arm, but yeah. he knows to get the fun time. He he doesn't have this great athletic ability to run around like a deer, like a Mike Vick. Yeah. But he he knows his reads. He makes the plays. He's not flashy. Funny. He just wins. Is he a superstar? Well, look at the team around him. Those are superstars. Do you think you would have called Tom Brady a superstar in 2006? In 06 for Brady? Before the big 50 touchdowns, Randy Moss, before those teams. Well, it was all of it. He's, like a, he's a step above a game manager. Yeah. Like, he's a good game manager. He yeah. knows he what just, to do. Yeah. He wins. That's always about dinking and dunking down the field, just getting it but done. But then he ended up doing that for 20-plus years of just continuously winning and making the right play and yeah. winning, and that's all anyone cares about. I don't think you luck yourself into seven Super Bowls. Uh, now, you can unluck yourself out of nine. <laughs> just play the Giants twice. Yeah, that's Tom Brady. Eli Manning is kryptonite. Uh, the team, you know, the Packers are young. So we'll hear from more of the floor. Uh, one second, though. Line one, good morning. We got. Oh man, I almost forgot I was on hold. Oh, a little bit there at the little. I know you're on hold for a little bit. Thanks for waiting on hold, Vagabond Johnny. It's just funny because sometimes you're like, "Wow, thanks for waiting on hold," but you know, when you're on hold, it just sounds the same as the radios. When you're on hold, you're on hold, baby. You know, easy to forget when you're also supposed to be working. Um, I won't tell your boss. Rowdy made the Rowdy made the point of the Packers being 12th in drops, middle of the league. What were? I think that's actually pretty good. For how young these guys are, right? Outside the top 10? Heck yeah. I would take that 10 days out of the week. Sure. Funny, Vagabond, because you know who's number one? The Chiefs. Yet they're still winning, and Patrick Mahomes, I know his numbers haven't been there, and but Kelsey's been out. But that receiving core is horrible. I mean, oh, we're, we're right. basically reliving the Rodgers' horrible receiver years. They're there. winning because the NFL is propping them up for Taylor Swift. That's the conspiracy. They're all Swifties now. Well, well they got to. Uh, yeah, I want to make. Money. I got two more two more points. Uh, Kurt Benkert, uh, you were talking about Purdy, and actually, this is like last week. He put out like an analysis of why Brock Purdy is so good in that offense, and it all came down to like fundamentals. Because you remember Brock Purdy, when I was working at Eat Street, uh, we were considering making Brock Purdy like a major NIL character because he was had preseason Heisman hype when he was in, in Ames at Iowa State. Uh, and that's one of, you know, East Street had a big presence there. So we were thinking about, should we go all in on Brock Purdy? And now looking forward, like, man, we really should have. Yeah, but you really missed the what, boat there. What Kurt really gets down to is his footwork, the time of release, making really quick decisions. And to your guys' point, these guys are open, so the decisions are often easy. But he, uh, I would recommend checking out Kurt's work on, on Purdy and really talking about his footwork and specifically his release compared to other NFL starters because he does stand out on how fast he gets the ball out. But then also uh, wanted to double down yesterday. I know I declared officially I'm, I'm ready to fire him out the floor. No. I'm ready to just rip the bandaid off, get rid of him. Uh, don't need to see any more, right? Yep, seen enough. Leading the league in like first or three and outs. Let's get rid of he, him. But Matt LaFleur leads the, the league uh, in crying at halftime and after the game, too. The other data point that I saw that I, I am ashamed as president of the Joe Berry fan club, I'm ashamed <laughs> that I missed this and I hadn't been on this earlier, but of the last 10 regular season Packer games, how many has Joe Berry kept teams to 20 points or less? Could you guys answer that off the top of your head? Of the last 10. Of the last 10, 20 points or less? 
yeah. don't have a good answer. I could guess. What's your guess? Four. Six. The answer is eight. Damn. Eight out of the last Packer regular season games, Joe Barry's defense has held opponents to 20 points or fewer. Bears, 20 points. Falcons, 25. Saints, 17. We'll throw the Lions out, whatever. Raiders, 17. Uh, go back to the end of the year. Lions, 20. Vikings, 17. Dolphins, 20. Rams, tw- Bears, 19. All the way back to the, and then that Philly game. Oh, then before that, there's uh, Titans, 27. Cowboys, 28. Yeah, but yeah, that's crazy. So he's, he's, a, he's my boy's on a little bit of a hot streak here. And, you know, I know Rob Reichel wants his head on an absolute stake still, but... Um, yeah, just just put it out there. I know this is kind of the big week that a lot of people are, are flipping and, and starting to really look at LaFleur uh, along with, if not instead of, Joe Barry as uh, the public enemy number one. So, um, you know, anytime a nugget of data like Love that, the I like to put it out there. Love the nugs. V- Vagabond, one comment on your Purdy stuff at Iowa State. If I remember correctly, Purdy was, like, really good his third year, and he was surrounded by guys now that you're looking around. I want to say it was, like, David Marie. Um, oh, the former Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, yeah, like they had some NFL talent, and he was really good. And then it was like he was the guy that probably should have left after that third year, but came back. And then the next thing you know, he's there for like a fifth year or whatever it is, and people kind of forgot him for like the up and coming talent that's like the new flashy twenty twenty one year old kid that's two three years younger than him because it was like he fell off a little bit, but he was still solid, but he wasn't as great without the talent. By the way, which quarterback are we pretty familiar with uh, who followed a very staff in college? Jordan Love, right? You look at his second to last year, was awesome. And then his final season out there, he looked terrible. So there's a lot of parallels. And, oh, look who uh, look who Purdy's playing for, Shanahan. Oh, you know, so. Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, though. Packers traded up to get him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the first did. round. Yeah. yeah, in the first round. Hey, yeah, Vagabond, they, they gave up a lot. They sold the farm to trade up for Jordan Love, boys. I can't believe they did it. Hey, John, before I let you go, so this morning, I don't think you're listening in the six o'clock hour, probably sleeping. Well, this morning, I was driving into work. Uh, it's about four thirty, four forty. You know, it's pretty. It's dark out. Sun's not up yet. And uh, as I'm about to pull into the parking lot of Midwest Family Broadcasting, I see something in the middle of the road. And I was like, I kind of recognize that because there's a big on it in the state of Wisconsin. I saw this Miller Lite logo on it, too. It's navy and gold. I said, I recognize this. Oh, it's Grant Bills' lunch pail laying in the middle of the road. I, I, stopped the, I stopped my car, got out, and I picked it up. I'm sure as crap. It's Grant Bills' lunch pail. So in it is um, a thing of it's not ramen. It's like off-brand ramen. There's some baby carrots in a glass Tupperware container. There's an empty Tupperware glass container and about an eighth left of a mild original. I am uh, putting this up for the highest bidder if they want it. What would you bid on Pale if I were to, you know, let you have it in some kind of auction? We can also barter as well. That, I would, ah, man. It's, pretty, it's really nice, what too. It's I cool. Bid? The highest bid right now is $12.50. I would bid at least two Vespers. At least two Vespers. Oh, the Uh, Martini. Correct. Oof. Man. Uh, And how much would that go for? That's probably like 15 bucks, right? Oh, that's that's 20 bucks right there. Two Vespers? Yeah. That's... Two James Bond Martinis, the Vesper, for in exchange. I do love the barter system. I'll barter all day, sir. And I love the Driftless Social Martinis. We'd have to see if... Yeah, we'd have to see if Secondhand Smokes John would back me up and maybe add a third just to get that in the in the driftless uh, bullpen there. But, hey, real quick, that, that logo, I'm watching it on Twitch, yeah. too, as I'm calling yeah, so it. So you see it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It makes me a little uncomfortable, you know? It's the that, state of Wisconsin. There's a, it's a brick wall, and then the M is in front of it. That, that's a Michigan cool. Yeah, it looks like you a know? Michigan. I look at that, and I'm like, I just can't. Not this year. Not when they're that good, man. Not, not after the Greg Gard and whatever his face laughs. Saga. Can't wait for Badger basketball, by the way. But, oh, hell yeah, yeah. But it might be a Michigan cooler. All right, so two Vespers, is, that's in the running. That's That could be a top of the list for me, actually. Uh, it's not just about the financial value. You yeah. know? I know Vespers about are the, about uh, the, the buzz, heart, too. So. About the buzz. Love it. All right, Vagabond John, you're in the running. I'll let you know uh, if you All do right. win the uh, Grant Bills um, auction.
By the way, does it surprise anybody that Grant Bills is a mild salsa guy? No, not at all. Not we made that comment earlier. It was like mild salsa. Of course, it makes <laughs> fits perfectly. Yeah, all right, uh, I about, love Grant, but that's it. Yeah. All right, boys. You know, man. See you, See you. Yeah, if you want uh, Grant Bills' lunch pail up for auction right now, barter system is in place. Barter system is in place. Highest the cash value is twelve fifty right now for Corey and Marshall. Our guy Scotty, the music guy, said a free session of uh, music trivia. Uh, Nate and Sean also had a six-pack of Schlitz, but Vagabond ramping it up with uh, two from the Driftless Social in Mount Horeb, two Vespers, one of my favorite drinks. Matt LaFleur, we'll hear more comments from him uh, momentarily about this team. LaFleur talking about how this bye week, you know, sit back, think about losses, and then when you come back to work off the bye, get ready to learn and grow from it. I mean, yeah, makes sense. Well, then I said they're talking about that in the 7 o'clock hour, and people started tweeting in about Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur listens to audiobooks on how to motivate people. He's a weirdo. Matt LaFleur has never toasted his sub at Subway. Uh, Matt LaFleur order, orders his wings boneless. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's from the real McSee. Um if you're ordering wings, they're not they're not wings as they're boneless. They're, not, they're, they're chicken nuggets, but I digress. Uh, here's this one. Speaking of wings, though. Our guy, J.A. Cripps, says, Matt LaFleur uses the moist towelette after eating wings. What's, what's, what's wrong with that, Krebs? What do you, what do you mean? I, aren't you supposed to use the towelette after you eat the wings? Your hands or your fingers are all messy. Aren't you supposed to get in there, in those nails of yours, and clean it all up? I don't, I don't understand how that being a disc, because I do use the towelette after eating the wings. Let's see here, Rowdy. Matt LaFleur... Uh... Matt LaFleur, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of the dome. I don't know. I'll have to think of them. I'm having a little brain fart right now. Matt LaFleur does what? Or Matt LaFleur is what? Matt LaFleur's never toasted a sub at Subway. Matt LaFleur orders his wings boneless. Think of some. 608-321-1670. Here's one. Sometimes, you know, they say comedy is also very truthful. Matt LaFleur cries at halftime. Matt LaFleur cries at end of... Matt LaFleur cleans public bathrooms. We're using them. Matt LaFleur can't pee in a urinal if another man is present. <laughs> You'd never be a trough guy. I do believe that's called stage fright. <laughs> Matt, oh, that is funny. All right, Matt LaFleur, though, comments from him. Uh, Matt LaFleur, you know, he talks about the team itself. So we were talking about the youth of this team, right? The wide receivers, the, the, the most tenured wide receivers you have are in their sophomore year. Matt LaFleur talks about the youth. This is, what, is this what a young team is going to look like? Yeah, I never want to fall back on that because I, I just think that's such an excuse. It is what it is. I mean, we're going to play with, with the guys we have, and we believe in the guys that we have. And I do think we, we do have a lot of talent. Um, I think we were all knew that there was going to be some growing pains along the way, and but I haven't lost faith or belief in the in in the group that we have. I just think we can do things better, and I think we can coach better, and I think we can execute better. So here's okay. my thing okay. with Matt Lafleur and what he's saying. I think a lot of Packers actually agree with him, wouldn't you? Where it's like, yeah, we've seen that there's some promise in these young players. We understand that they're young. This is where I really harp on the offensive line being just being so bad and so banged up that it's been that bad. But you go back to the the young players and you're like, yeah, we see flashes like yeah. they're doing it. Sometimes they're open or this and that, but it all comes back to, but it never ever comes together. No, it never and, does. And you know who that kind of falls on Matt LaFleur, the head coach. Why doesn't it all, ever fall there? We, we see guys getting open. We've seen guys make nice plays. Now we've seen drops, but we've seen nice throws down the field from love. We've seen good, quick reads, but we've seen some misses. We've seen some bad picks. We know that was going to happen. We know, you know, that it was going to be inconsistent, but how come it's week after week after week where it feels like instead of growing, you're You're regressing. regressing. Like it's like, it feels like we know it's not going to be perfect, 
but it should be better than it is. Yeah. Not saying it has to look perfect, but it, it should be better than it is and shouldn't be this inconsistent. feels like that falls on the head coach. It totally does. Uh, more coming in. Matt LaFleur thinks mild salsa icy. Was that a dig at Grant Bills who's got mild salsa in his uh, lunch bag that I'm auctioning off? I think so. Matt, Pac Fan Ryan, Matt LaFleur's kids tuck him into bed. <laughs> no, they did help him with the draft in 2020. <laughs> They did. Or they no, were there on video. Twenty. It was, yeah, yeah it was, twenty twenty. It was him, and then because Brian Gutekunst was like in his basement or yeah, something in, like that, room. and then Matt Lafleur was like Matt Lafleur was there with like his his kids, like, son. Yeah. I think it was Matt Pack Fan Ryan. Matt Lafleur's kids tuck him into bed. Uh, <laughs> there's some good ones on here. Uh, let's see here. There's another one. Uh, Matt Lafleur gets a bikini wax when he gets his eyebrows done. Oh, okay, Mike and Portage. All right. Uh, all right. I want that image in my head. Uh, growing pains. Not bikini wax pains, but growing pains. Here's Matt on the floor and how he expects, uh, how he balances expected growing pains versus putting them into a position to be successful. You know, just trying to reflect on it from a coaching standpoint. It's great. We have this big old call sheet with all these plays to attack certain looks or whatever it may be. And it really doesn't matter if you can't execute it. So I think. Just from a coaching standpoint, we may have to look at at just how much are we putting in on these guys. You're right. We do have a, a lot of young guys. And um, although we didn't have a ton of mistakes, it's just we did have a, a few in some critical situations um, that we can't have. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think every week we have to continue to learn, both from successes and obviously from your, from your failures. And, um if we do that and we can avoid making the same mistake twice, I think we have a chance to show progress. I think you can compare the Packers to another team we know pretty well in state, the Badgers. I think both teams, we felt that there were going to be some inconsistencies, mm -hmm. especially early. Now, Packers, because it's all young players and a young core and you're the youngest team in football and you're trying to compete against, obviously, teams that have been together for longer, but the Badgers, because you're trying to incorporate a new offense, a new defense, it's a new coaching staff. It's different way to do things. I mean, everyone we've talked to like Brian Lucas, who used to work for the Badgers, he's talking about how it's just different. Everything's different, but we've actually seen for the most part, the Badgers feel like they're starting to put some things together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like you're seeing, you can feel it. You can see it. Well, Tanner Mordecai started bringing it by week two. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that, you know, Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi before the injury, they were getting it after a bad game or two. Or the defenses looked a little bit better here as of secondary wasn't getting as shredded. Yeah. I can't I can't really say can't that see, yeah, for the Packers. It's just like it's been a mess, and the last two weeks have really been a mess terrible. And mess is being polite. Matt LaFleur. But, but doesn't it feel like Luke Fickle has direction? You know, like, yeah. Well, like yeah. He, he feels like he's a leader. He has direction. He knows what he's doing. He says, we're going to be better, you know, against Minnesota at the end of the year than we were against and Buffalo. You, you A, believe him, and then you, you but you're see actually it, seeing you it. you see it. Matt LaFleur is like, you know, we have few issues, but we're working on it. But, you know, it's kind of key times when we have them. We keep having them. Yeah. And it's like. And they, get, they keep getting worse. But. And you don't really believe him that they're going to be fixed. No. At least you don't feel confident. No, not at all. Matt LaFleur keeps the tags on his clothes after he buys them while wearing them out. I'm trying to think of more. Matt LaFleur does what? 608 321 If I would have told you in 2021 that Luke Fickle, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, <laughs> is more confident and in charge I like this voice. And, and keeping people you know on their toes... Then Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers head coach, you'd be like, huh? Paul Christ is fired? <laughs> Matt LaFleur is stinking? We, we just went to back-to-back -back energy chip games. What do, you mean? what do you mean? Did Aaron Rodgers die? He's not, on the Jets. He's not on the roster. He got traded to the New York Jets. Oh, that's what it is. Like, you never, you never would believe that in 2020, 2021. Mm. No. And here we are, through the looking glass. Line one, good morning. Who do we got? Kyle. If Matt, Matt LaFleur was your, your teacher in school, I mean, he sounds like the guy, that, not, not that there's anything wrong with this, but 
as a kid, when you go to church, you were drugged to church by your parents. Yeah. And the pastor's up there talking, and you just, your mind goes into la-la land. Like, he gives you a headache when he talks because he is so manila. He's like Ned Flanders. <laughs> oh my! That's what I was thinking when he was describing us. Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur's favorite Simpson character is Ned Flanders. <laughs> there you go. Oakley, he drives Oakley. me bananas. <laughs> Just ah, uh, I can't imagine playing for that guy. I mean, he seems like a great dude. He's handsome. He's well put together. But man, you're not you're not a leader. You're not a leader. Maybe a CEO of like a. Uh, 500 club or something, but a tissue company. No, yeah, you're not. You're not a football coach, dude. Look, come on. Matt Matt Lafleur, when asked at Olive Garden, say when as the server is grating cheese on his dish, responds, "Actually, none for me." <laughs> <laughs> that was from Brando Savage. I can't read oh. your soul. So read that one. Uh, Kyle, yeah, it's it's funny. The, uh, you figured it out for me. Inspired by you, Kyle, Matt LaFleur you, is the Ned Flanders of the NFL. I like it. I like it. He is I mean, I like Ned it, but Flanders. I don't. You know? <laughs> He's no longer Matt LaFleur. He's Ned Flanders. <laughs> Oakley Doakley, highly old neighborino. Welcome to the Simpsons. Kyle, you the man. Simpsons did it. They predicted have, it. See you, buddy. <laughs> have a good one. That was the exact character that I was thinking in my head when when Kyle was describing him. <laughs> I, I immediately thought of Ned Flanders. Oakley, Oakley. Matt LaFleur does need to grow a mustache. You're right, King. Please, please, Matt LaFleur, grow the mustache. Okay. I, this just popped in my head. If Matt LaFleur grew a mustache, he's definitely a thin pencil mustache guy. Oh, you think so? Look at... I look at pictures of him now. Oh, he's got oh, He's got to have them. He's got it already with the the, the little, you know... Manscaped beard that he's got going on. He's definitely a thin mustache it is a, guy. It is it's a, not. It's not like a standard one or a really thick one. It's he makes it thin. We need it. He needs a big, thick Ned Flanders brush right up there. Everything else got to be gone. And then Matt Lafleur's glasses too. By the way, oh, yeah. He just he just puts contacts in. So Vince McMahon stash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, funny. like, they're out there that shave, like, half their mustache, and it's super thin. Oh, yeah. That, I think he'd probably, he would be that guy if he just had a mustache. <laughs> I don't even know LaFleur. how to describe that, that there's not a name for it. Secondhand Smoke John, Matt LaFleur orders a beer at Mondays. <laughs> Matt LaFleur... Said no thanks to the free breadsticks at Fazoli. If they put this train on the tracks and they figure stuff out by the end of the season and 2024, 2025 season is a pretty good one and they make the playoffs, and then 2025, 2026 season, they win the ship, Malafor is coming with a lot of receipts. Oh, he's like, he's like I kept on receipts on all you MMFers. You're all dead to me. I heard what you said. Oakley Doakley, Heidi Ho, Neighborino. I heard it. Yep. Turning in the headset after those. You said I was the Ned Flanders of the NFL.